Hey guys, fall is upon us and you know what that means. Time for a wardrobe refresh. So before you go out and buy a bunch of clothes, I wanna tell you about my friends at Your Color Guru. They are color specialists that can help identify what color themes are best with your skin tone, hair, eye color, what makeup looks best on you. And my friend Jeannie Stith-Mawinney, who is the founder of Your Color Guru, did a color analysis on me a couple years ago. And when I tell you it was eye-opening, I was wearing colors that washed me out, didn't realize that there were certain things that were better on me for my complexion than others. And once I went through this process and it was so simple, I got this cute little cheat sheet color chart. And when I would go shopping, I could immediately just sort through and find the colors that worked best for me. And you would be amazed at how many people were like, oh, that top looks great on you. Oh, that color looks great. You look awesome in this. And it was always the colors that were on her color chart. I kid you not. So if you guys want to check her out, they have a special promo code for this organized life listeners. So visit yourcolorguru.com. Put in code organized life, O-R-G-A-N-I-Z-E-D-L-I-F-E, one word, organized life, and you'll receive 10% off your initial color analysis. I'm telling you guys, it's worth it. It's a great gift for people, so much fun, really seamless, and all done over the computer. So it's you can do it from anywhere. Awesome. Check it out. Lori Palau is a mom, professional organizer, and founder of Simply Be Organized. Welcome to This Organized Life, where each week she'll share practical tips even the most disorganized person can follow. Struggling with clutter? Looking for the best products to keep you organized? You've come to the right place. Here's your host, organizing expert, Lori Palau. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of This Organized Life. I am your host, Lori Palau, joined by Erica Goodyear. Hello. And today we are going to be going a little slightly off topic of our summer. Well, we're still in our summer simplification series, but today's topic may be a little off, but it's been something that's been on my mind for a while. And I figured who better to share it with and get the opinion of than several thousand of my closest friends. (laughs) So I want to talk today about helicopter parenting and how that plays into living an organized life. Like, is that counterproductive to being organized? So I figure, let me just start in case, I'm sure everybody out there knows what a helicopter parent is, but just in case any of you out there listening don't I'm familiar exactly with the, yeah. with the phrase. Yeah. So helicopter parenting is the is the concept of kind of hovering over your kids. And I was actually doing a little research to look up like where it originated. And I think, oh, and yeah. So I'd love to know. Okay. So and I don't have like a Wikipedia in front of me, so don't. <laughs> yeah. So don't quote me exactly on this. I could be slightly off, but there was there was some book that was like back in the fifties, and there was like a reference in a book about helicopter parenting, but that it didn't really like pick up. And it was, they were in reference to the helicopter, the propeller. Okay. Like kind of hovering, hovering over. Yeah. But then it was in the early 2000s that it really started picking up like traction. Okay. Where people talked about 
um, and it had to do with the millennials. Oh yes, the millennials. The millennials. <laughs> and you about hear a lot about those these days. About how, and I don't want to offend any of our no, millennial listeners no, out there, no. but it had to do with the fact of parents being over involved, okay. over involved in all aspects of their mm-hmm. kids' lives, whether it's sports or schoolwork or their friends, socially, academically, and being way more involved than previous generations where parents kind of just parented. Yeah. And like, let it, the chips fall where they may. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that being said, you know, I, we see a lot and especially with social media, right? Like back in the day before there was social media, without the, with the exception of like your close friends, you really get a whole lot of detail of how people parented, right? Because what they did behind closed doors was behind closed knew. doors. Yeah. Unless, mm-hmm. unless your kids were playing, you were at somebody's house and Something they came back heard. and said something. Right. But, you know, nowadays, you, so, many, so many people's lives are an open book, you know, probably present company included. Like mm-hmm. you get an idea of how strict people are, how not strict, what their, you know, what their involvement level is. Mm-hmm. And... You know, there's a lot of people out there that are a little overly involved in yes, people's yeah. areas of their lives. I mean, I have one friend in particular that basically has re-gone through every grade. Like, her kids are in second grade. She's doing the homework with them. Her kids are in third grade. Like, she's reading the same cl- the books. Right. And she's sitting there doing homework. I'm like, didn't you go through third grade? <laughs> but... That, mm-hmm. you know, and that's her style. And I'm not judging her for it. It's just not my style of, of parenting. Right. Um, but I think, you know, generally, generationally, you know, people are doing things different. And there's a lot of, um, you know, kind of the keeping up with the with the Joneses. And a lot of people want their kids to be the best, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. But at what cost, right. I think, is does that play? No, I agree. Uh, technology, you know, I think even colleges, it's just the whole, you got to play the game to get into colleges these days. You know, there's more, you know, oh. and it wasn't, you know, more forms to fill out or you have to cure cancer before you go to college yes, so you can get in. <laughs> exactly. You know, but I think, you know, I look at you know, what we talk about, right, about being organized. And again, not just organized with your space, but being organized in your life with your time and how you spend it, right? Because that's, I've said this a million times before, so I know I sound like a broken record, but really that's what my whole goal is, right? To give you, allow you to maximize whatever time you have, you know? And, you know, how can you do that efficiently? And as a parent, if you're trying to live your own life, do your own responsibilities, and also manage every detail for your kids, that's exhausting Mm -hmm. and it's not sustainable. Right. You know, and I see a lot of the parents who, again, they mean well. They're great parents. I am not judging. I'm putting it out there. So I, you know, I don't want to be getting hate mail. Like I'm not offending anybody. You know, I don't mean to offend or judge anybody, but I see parents that think they're doing their kids a favor by doing everything for them. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's making their bed and doing their laundry when they're in high school all the time. And I'll, again, I help my kids out, I'm not mm-hmm. saying, but not allowing them the independence to even maybe fall 
a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but even learn how to do it. Well, they like, got, you know, like just teach them because you'll be amazed how well, kids well keep, they want to learn. Yeah. I mean, and this was a this was kind of one of the things that made me start thinking about that I wanted to talk about this. So every year I give this it's called a move up assembly. Oh yeah. Okay. And I do it at the end of the school year. And the way it all came about is in our school, and I know like different schools transition to middle school at different grades, some grades at sixth grade, some grades at seventh grade. So in our school, we transition from fifth grade to sixth grade. And we live in a very small school district. So the transition from like a size number is like really no different because the kids you go to kindergarten with are the kids you graduate high school with. It's a very small town. Mm -hmm. Um, So from that sense, it's not really overwhelming. And the kids are all on the same campus. So they're not like going to this totally foreign building where they've never been before. With like 12 schools funneling in. Exactly. We don't have that. But that being said, there's still expectations. There's still things that are going to, that are different between, you know, being babied in an elementary school from going to now you're moving classes. Now you have your own locker. Mm-hmm. Now you're responsible for bringing your own device back and forth to school and making sure it's charged and all of these logistical things. Okay. So when my Zoe and Alex mm-hmm. were in fifth grade, they yep. every year they do like a, you go to the school for a tour, right? Which probably most schools I would envision do, you know, to see your new school and mm-hmm. see the lockers and the layout. But when they got to school, when they got to sixth grade, Zoe, who's my organized one and good student and whatnot, came home and was completely overwhelmed. I saw the overwhelm in her voice. I mean, in her, on her face. Mm -hmm. And I could see, like, in her, you know, hear in her voice, like, that she felt nervous and anxious. And what I uncovered just by kind of asking questions, not helicoptering, but asking questions, (laughs) was that there were some real strategic things that were missing when they gave them the move up. They told them, you're going to have lockers. But they didn't translate that into an actionable item about how do you manage that? They told them they're going to move classrooms, but they didn't give them, well, what's the most efficient way for you to, you know, to do that without worrying about being late? Or grabbing your books or, yeah. Right. And these are things that all the kids, you figure it out one way or the other. But I was like, what if there were a way that you could not only, that you could prepare these kids in a way to kind of remove some of that anxiety Mm -hmm. for them? So I put together a focus group, and this is going back like five years, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because they're going to be juniors in in high school. And I put together a focus group of her and a bunch of her friends, and I asked them, what do you wish that you were better prepared? Mm -hmm. And I just let them talk. I bribed them with pizza, you know, (laughs) and I just let them talk. And from that, I developed a presentation for ways that you could help troubleshoot, you know, for the newer generations coming up. And I basically pitched it to our school. And I said, I'd like to deliver this. And let's just pilot it if you're interested. And if you guys like it, then we can talk about. Right. Going on. Going on. Yep. And that's what we did. And the teachers loved it. The kids loved it. We did a handout for the parents, mm-hmm. you know. And and all the kids were allowed to ask questions. Exactly. And it was very relaxed. Right. So. And it was like a 45-minute seminar. It was nice. Q&A. And it was great. And so this past, you know, June, right before school got out, 
we had done another one. And what I find interesting, and I I look at it every year, is the kids are sponges. Mm -hmm. And they want to own it. They want to feel empowered. And when you talk about, you know, like, again, people who are helicopter parenting, you know, they really mean well for their kids. They want nothing but the best. I mean, that's the whole point is you're doing this because they want to shield their kids from pain or struggles or whatever. But the kids need to own their part of the process. And I saw the like, like their shoulders relax, like them walking out of there with the information for them to be armed, Mm -hmm. to be able to go, okay, now I feel like I'm in control, as opposed to like, I got to wait for somebody to like, bail me out. Right. Of course. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking like, if parents could just implement those types of strategies, more into their life of giving your kids these tools, whether it's how to talk to a coach. I mean, Zoe's had issues where like she's intimidated by a coach. And as much as I would love to go to the coach, because mm-hmm. I know I could articulate it peer to peer. Right. Like I'm not going to do that. You know, she, uh, she's she got to figure out a way that she can have those uncomfortable conversations. And it's good for them to learn. Like how to do it too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm 100% with you. You know, and I know I, you know, with Logan, you know, she struggles with her grades. And I was looking at her like third marking period grades and she had dropped in three of her classes. And when I looked closer as to why, it was all because she wasn't turning in assignments. It wasn't that she didn't understand the material. And I sat with her teachers and I was like, listen, I am not that parent that sits there and does her homework for her and sits there. She's going to be 14 years old. She's got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so we had to, you know, she, I, we had to have this like come to Jesus talk where I was like, that's it. You're, you're done. Like you have no more get out of jail free cards. Like you have to do your work. And because next year when you get to high school, you know, no handholding, there's no handholding. No. So, but I think it's really hard for a lot of parents because they want their kids to succeed. Oh, of course. But it's, I mean, you know, in life, you don't always succeed. So. Right. And I think the problem is it, without allowing your kids to fight their own battles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again, whether it's with a coach, a teacher, a friend, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not, you're not teaching them to be problem solvers. You know, and I think that that is really a lot of or even how to talk, you know, a lot. It's all their friends. They text and this and that. Sometimes you just have to sit in front of the person and have a conversation, even if it's uncomfortable. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's coming out of your comfort zone. Yeah, that's very good. You know, and um, the one thing that I will say that. (laughs) Despite like, you know, any feedback that I've had with parent teacher conferences or whatever, the one thing that consistently a coach or teachers will say to me is that my kids are, they're good self advocates. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I know that Josh and I have tried to instill in the kids is guess what? Nobody's going to give you anything in life. You have to figure out a way. And my whole thing is ask. All they can say is no. And that's, I mean, Oh my gosh, on, we do that with St. Baldrick's. Yes, but on the yes, we do. <laughs> yes, and I have no problem asking for anything. So, but I've tried to teach my kids like all they can say is no, and then that's it. You've tried, 
you know? Well, and, and I think a lot of times, tell me if you agree mm-hmm. with this, but I also think a lot of times kids will, well, I know Zoe feels this way. Like, they feel like if they say something that it's going to be confrontational. Yes. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, it doesn't have to be negative or bad. Like, for you to... S- if you feel like you're being wronged or there's a problem with a teacher, like there's a way that you can approach it without being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. You can oh, yes. stand up for yourself. You can advocate for yourself in a way that doesn't mean that you are, you know, being rude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I think a totally. lot of times kids are hesitant mm-hmm. to say something, you know. No, Yeah, I see that in my kids all the time. You know, Um but I mean, I think it's a little failure is okay also, mm-hmm. you know, and I think parents have to have to realize that, you know, with, you know, how many times have you gone to like the science fair? Or we have the invention convention. <laughs> yes. Where, where the parents have done it for them. Oh, my gosh. And the kids, was like, like, create, the kids like creating like a, a nuclear bomb or something. Yes. I don't know. It's, yes. You know. Yeah. You could always tell. The parents that did the project for them and then the kids that did the project, you know, and guess what? As a parent, it's not easy to sit there and see your kid sitting on the bench. Oh, no. You know, and I've been there. Same with me. You know, and, you know, part of you wants to say, Mm -hmm. what what the hell, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. but you can't. It has to come from your kid. Your kid has to be able to go, coach, what can I do to get in the game. What do mm-hmm. I do? What do I need to do? What do you need to see for me? You know, it's hard. You don't yeah. want to, we don't want to watch our kids struggle. We don't no. want to thrive on it, but it's part of life. And if the earlier that you can teach your kids about these different types of weather, again, whether it's a financial struggle, uh, a struggle with a teacher, coach, friends, whatever, you know, they need to figure out that there's different ways because that's what's you know, empowering. Mm-hmm. I was watching, I was reading some article, this was like a while ago, about um, someone was doing like some sort of experiment with like a little kid. Oh. And they were doing like, a kid was running and tripped a ball and like skinned their knee. Uh-huh. And the parents who ran over to the kids, you know, because that's your first instinct. Of course, yes. Um, like the kids cried more. more. They yep. took longer to console. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, you would have thought like that they severed a limb, like it yes. was so much worse. And then they had another kid, you know, another like, you know, the the variable kid. Right. You know, and everyone just kind of let it go. And the kid burned a little and then dusted themselves moved off, off. Moved on. And kept on going, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And doesn't mean that those parents don't love their kids as much. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, they're teaching their kids that, okay, if you fall down, you get back up. Yep. You know, and if somebody really needs, like, if they need help, they'll be there. But not every little thing is monumental. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have it. I have it constantly with actually my daughter horseback rides and her trainers. And, you know, she's going to this week long Vermont show and she needs to step up and ask her trainers, you know, what do I need? What do I, I'm not going, I'm not going to Vermont, like, as a parent. So, She's packing her stuff. She's got to get her own self organized. So it's, I think it's the next step for her. 
And it's hard. Yeah. I think it's harder for the parents than it is for the kids. Oh, totally. You know? Yes. And, and it's like, when do you, and, and, you know, I talk to a lot of people that are kind of like the kids are our age, like they're teenagers and they've never done this. Mm -hmm. So it's like, when do you, when do you make that switch? And what I say is. It's gradual though. It's great. That's exactly it. Yeah. If you can do it you know, age appropriate. And I don't have like a checklist exactly. I'm sure I could make one, but you know what I mean? Like there's no like specific agenda that, you know, you want to do, but you know your kids and you know the different stages of their life and Mm -hmm. activities that they're doing and things that they're, you know, that they're going through. And, you know, if the more that you could do it, then they know that it's on them Mm -hmm. to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, please, my parents never like nothing. Nothing, nothing. I mean, my parents are great. Awesome. I had a great childhood. Yeah. But I never, you know, I didn't even fill out my college forms with them. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I agree. I hear you. But we're almost out of time. But I want to hear your thoughts. Like, we'd love to hear your thoughts about helicopter parenting. What are some strategies that have worked for you guys? Let us know in the Facebook group, which, again, is called This Organized Life real struggles, real moms, real solutions. So check us out. um, Let us know. And uh, that's it for today's episode. Join us next week. We're going to have a very special guest on, a friend and colleague of mine who I'm very excited. And we're going to be talking all about how to get rid of your artwork clutter once and for all without the guilt. So (laughs) definitely be sure to check it out. Thanks so much. I'm Lori Blau. And, uh, That's it for today's episode of This Organized Life. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to This Organized Life. If you like what you just heard, please share this podcast. Want free checklists and articles to help you get organized? Visit simplybeorganized.com. That's simply the letter B, organized.com. Simplybeorganized.com. We hope you'll join us next week for another edition of This Organized Life. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. 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 Steve Mittman social media. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com.